We're about to light up season three of Drifter's Sympathy on Feral Audio. Episode one is called Dawn of Individuation, which rolls the clock back to right when you decide who you want to be and the kinds of early decisions that, for better or worse, completely mold the rest of the shape of your life. Episode two is going to be called Loner Legends, sort of an attempt to define who the underdog really is and their role in history and culture and art. Season three drops on October 23rd. This is Emil Amos. Check out Drifter Sympathy on feralaudio.com. Seriously, we gotta fucking go, man. We're gonna be fucking late. So, what are you doing? Come on! You said you were on your way. Hey, just, I'm just gonna jump in the shower real quick. Is that cool? Just real fast. Okay. Hey, hey. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing beats an echoey laugh. Isn't that the truth? Isn't it the truth? It is the truth, right? Isn't that? It is what it is, and it is what it shall be, and everlasting, therefore, thereon, and you got it. At the end of the day, all things being equal, a uh, penny for a pound, when the dollar's down and you've got the money in the Wrangler, I'd say that uh, when I count your chickens where they hatch, you're going to have some chips that are going to fall where they may, and it is what it is, in the end, all things being equal, at the end of the day. That's pretty much all I wanted to say, really. You know, just those are some ideas that I was thinking about, and uh, I thought I'd like to share them with you here on Twisting the Wind. Uh, just, caught, just caught the D and the echo there. Just the D. That's all you want. Echo that D, because the shape of the D is a natural, you know, it's got that nice bow, that nice bow and arrow bow, shooting out into infinitus. Infinitus. It's probably a brand name that it's going to sue me. Hey, you can't say my name. Hey, hey, did you just just use a Bank of America trademark slogan, keep the change? Hey, guess what? Uh, We at Bank of America have uh, copyrighted that. Yeah, keep the change. It's ours. What's that sound? It's the sound of my my ass being sucked by my mouth. Yep. Uh, How are you doing at my bank? Uh, Sorry, I just got a little pissed off there. Nothing gets my <laughs> gets my goat, man. I wish I knew what that meant. I mean, I, I technically I could stop down right now and hit a, hit Google up and find out. Spend like a good ten minutes, maybe finding out what get my goat, what it means. But that would involve doing that, and I'd rather just speculate. You know, like all I can think is that maybe there was a time when goats meant more than <laughs> they do now. A goat, and if you get someone's goat, it really hurts them. But it doesn't hurt them. Really, it doesn't. Oh man, I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm, I just tickled myself. I just tickled myself by thinking about what gets, gets my goat means. I'm crying right now. I'm crying from tickling.
Oh, yeah, well, that's what gets my goat. His corporations, uh, copywriting phrases. And, you know, I, I bet it's not long until, like, like Wells Fargo, comp, they have a, the new, the new Wells Fargo, it is what it is program. A dollar's a dollar in the new is, is what it is program from Wells Fargo. Come on in and suck your own dick in the Wells Fargo parking lot. It is what it is. With 15% cash back and all purchases up to 25 it is what it is. Trademark, Wells Fargo. Oh, savings and loan. It is what it is. Wells, trademark, registered trademark. Registered, God, that's going to fall away soon, isn't it? I think it will be. Because what's going to happen is, uh, maybe not soon, I mean like maybe in my lifetime, maybe when I um, die. I, I, think I've, I think I've got a good 40 years left. I think, I feel like unless there's an accident that happens, which, you know, it could happen right now, uh, someone could drop an ample out of a DC-10 and it would land on my... Head here. I do have something over my head, but it would land on the thing over my head and it would crush me. So I don't know if that that could happen. Accidental accidental death is uh, always possible. But, you know, I think i got a good 40 years. And I think in that 40 years, I'll probably see the end to uh, frivolous copywriting of things that are not copyrightable. Copyright my fucking face, you jaguars. <laughs> That's a good thing to call someone if you want to confuse them. You motherfashion jaguar. Oh, are you some kind of jaguar? Is that what you're doing here? What do you mean? I'm just a person, not a not a uh, a large rare hunting cat. Yeah, you are. You're you're a fucking jaguar, okay? Okay, listen. I don't want any fucking jaguars coming to this goddamn party, you understand me? Look, we got to hire someone for the door. I don't want some fucking jaguars getting here, got it? I don't want any fucking jaguars. I don't want these fucking faggot jaguars coming in here. <laughs> uh, I, I would love to call this episode faggot jaguars, but I just think that's probably not going to happen. That is a beautiful sounding uh, bunch of words. What is that? It's, uh, it's, uh, it's faggots, uh, six letters, and jaguar, I believe, is the same. Six and six is twelve. Twelve is divisible by two. It's a great number. Faggot jaguar. Oh, I guess jaguars is what makes it. You pluralize that. So, because you know, what's one gay jaguar, right? I don't, actually, I don't. I don't even know if faggot even means gay in this sense. I don't think it does. I think it almost never does anymore. Right? That's kind of gone away. We. I mean, it has, hasn't it? It pretty much has. So. What is what is what do those words even mean anymore? They've been so transmuted into they've been ground into a fine powder that who knows what the fuck they mean. You can make anything out of them now. Yeah. Uh watch some TV and watch some South Park. They'll tell you about it. Okay, well look look at look at here, okay? You're listening to Twisting the Wind. I'm Johnny Pemberton. This is uh this is an episode that it's gonna be I, I can't even tell you. I can't tell you. I always want to tell you, but I can't because that's how I like to do it. But there's a person on this podcast today who is, this is it. This is like, the. I, I should just stop. I should probably stop after this episode because it's not, this is going to be the pinnacle unless something really bad happens. But uh, I don't think it will be unless the anvil, that proverbial, not proverbial, the literal anvil, the acme anvil falls on my head and I die. Uh, but thank you all for listening. Thanks for all the kind words. Thank you for rating and uh, commenting on the podcast on iTunes. That is actually important. I don't know why, but there is some sort of massively complicated algorithm that is also in the shape of a kinetic motion machine that 
helps when you feed it in this enter this energy of comment and rate that it makes everything better. And I some people come to my house and pat me on the butt until I say stop if you do that, which is uh, I'm okay with. I don't dislike it. I, I think it means I like it. So thanks for listening. Keep listening. Share it with your friends. Share it with your mom. Share it with your brother. Share it with your dad. Share it with your sister. Share it with your uncle. Share it with your aunt. Share it with your neighbor. Share it with your friends at the garden who you go to. Um, you can put this on while you're gardening. Probably not. Because gardening is kind of a nice thing to concentrate on. And I, honestly, lately, I find myself drooling when I am in the garden. I am drooling. Because I'm so immersed in like, oh, what's going on with this little seed? Oh, I just drooled. Thank God I'm over a patch of dirt and no one else is around. Okay. Hey, Johnny, Johnny, will you talk about some music for just like 20 seconds, bro? God, you know, I came all the way down here from Temecula. Jennifer won't even return my fucking calls, all right? I just want to hear some some tracks, bro. Play me some tracks. Play me some tracks, some tracks, some tracks, some tracks, some tracks, some tracks. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. Good sounds there. Good sounds right there. Hey, this is the musical section of Twisting the Wind. Gonna make it brief, gonna make it fun, gonna make it feel real good to you. Sound good, gonna get those sounds blasting to the ears here, okay? Okay, talking about here first. This is a weird band. Uh, I don't really know much about them. They're pretty underground, is so to speak. This is a guy, and his name is Charlie Magira, M-E-G-I-R-A, and he has a band called, uh, in this instance, uh, The Modern Dance Club. He's some Israeli guy with a lot of teeth, and uh, this album's a couple years old, 2008. It's called Love Police. This this track from this album that is off it's called it's from an album called Love Police. It's uh it's a great uh, it's so fucking amazingly good. It's a two record LP comes in this nice packaging from their own label called Guitars and Bongos, which I think this is their first release. And uh, it's so cool. It's like so like such a weird amalgamation of all these different things that come together. And I'm gonna play one track, obviously, but. It's there's no it's impossible for me to sum up this album because it gets all over the place, all these different sounds. So I'll play one sound that I think kind of kind of gets down to it, and it's pretty ripping. It's called Beneath the Underground, and it's uh man, it rips. Charlie Magira, let it rip. <laughs>
straight up fucking ripping surfy fuzz right there from Charlie McGuire and the Modern Dance Club beneath the underground. The rest of the album is great. There's all kinds of weird little snippets from movies and just weird sonic experiments like radio stuff and some of it's got like a real uh, classic rockabilly sound. Some of it has like a... Um, it sounds exactly like the Ventures, like the real deal uh, 60s surf sound. And obviously that has a, sort of a surf influence. It's all over the place, man. It's it's sonically, it's a sonic array. It's, it's a blast off, okay? Check it out. He's got two other albums, two previous to this one, which are also really interesting. A bit more on the rockabilly, uh, spooky sonic tip as far as that goes. I don't know how much this stuff is available on Amazon, but it definitely is available through them. You buy it directly. Buy direct from the music source. Go ahead. I dare you. It's okay. It worked for me. I'm still here. Everything worked out. PayPal, okay? Try it out. This next band, you've heard of these guys. They're called Thin Lizzy. They're kind of a kind of a big band historically in the terms of rock music, the field of rock. Uh you know, there's uh, there's a lot to be said about them that I obviously can't say and really don't have really any place in talking about. But I find them amazing, and I think that they uh, they have some albums that are unsung. Like everybody knows Jailbreak, everybody knows Boys Are Back in Town, right? They do because they're big old goddamn hits. Uh, there's an album they did in 1973, which is I think their third album. Also, coincidentally, probably one of the best years for American music or just music in general. 1973. And this is uh, uh, an album called Vagabonds of the Western World. It's my favorite album of theirs. It's, it's so good. It's, it's good all the way through. It's kind of sweet at times, and it's kind of rip your face off at other times, and it's kind of like bar fight at other times, and it's also kind of uh, above all that. With this song, Mama Nature Said, which I, I, you know, I'm not a big lyric listener, but I do sometimes, and I feel like this is a... This is a rare example of a rock song that rips, that also has a strangeing, strangely, uh, strangely prescient message. Okay, I think that's the best way I can describe it. there i'm sorry it's a shame to fade anything of phil lineup singing yeah you get it you get it come on you get it you know what i'm talking about you've been here before you get it okay and that ends the section of music where we talk about it okay thanks for being here time to call somebody i guess
Hello? Hello, I'm looking to speak to Barnett, please. I'm calling about an ATM card. Yeah, this is Barnett Kaffer from the ATM International Payment Center. Uh, may I help you? Oh, wow, I can't believe I got a hold of you. This is so great. Good. I'm so Where are you calling from? I'm calling from the United States, from California. I'm so glad I got you, even on a Sunday. Oh, no problem. Uh, due to the uh, time limit uh, for the claims, uh, for the claims, we work 24 hours. Uh, oh, you do? All week, yeah. So you even work on the Lord's Day? Yeah, 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 because you have less than seven working days for your claims. I see, so okay. So we are uh, open, we are open uh, 24 hours so that uh, we can give you the necessary uh, step to uh, for the delivery of your ATM card to your location. Now, how much money is this have going to have on it again? I forgot. Sorry? How much money will my ATM card have? Four, four million U.S. dollars. It's going to have four million U.S. dollars on the ATM card. Oh, this is so yeah. great. Yeah, ATM MasterCard. It's so exciting to have this. It's going to be like, I'll be, I'll basically be rich. That's very good because I, I will really advise you, as soon as you get your ATM card, you should have the uh, charity organization and the, the less privileged. Oh, yeah. I'm going to give it to, money. I'm going to take a bunch of cash out and just go driving down the street and give it to people. No, 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 no. That is madness. You do that, you you sound like like a madman. No, I just want to give it to. You have money. I'm gonna give it to kids. You know, give it to like little kids, like roll it up. Go to charity organizations. They are they are charity organizations in your in your country. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Uh, I don't trust those things. That. I don't trust those. So, you don't trust those things? Well, I don't know. I don't know which one to trust. You know, it's hard to say. Oh wow! Well, yeah. The, you, if you, yeah, if you look for in your country, in your location, you will see a lot of them. You to help people that don't have father, people that don't have mother, motherless people. You can just try people who have no mothers. Just, yeah, people who have no mothers. Try to help them. Yeah. Oh, how do I do that? Do I give them? I can build a mother out of money, right? Yeah, you can just go to the uh, to the uh, to 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 the uh, where they have just help them, or you give to blind people or those who are blind. Can you drive to their location? But and they won't be able to use. They won't be able to see it though. How I how do I find blind people to give them money? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Like in my country over right here, I know okay. where to drive to and Wait, see a lot of blind people. What? Do you ever hit a blind person with your car by accident? Huh? Have you ever hit a blind person with your car by accident? Because no. they can't see. Sometimes blind people will go into the road. I was thinking of making no, they a. Don't go to the roads. Oh, they don't. They stay away from the roads. What What country are you in? Well, I know West Africa. Oh, what What country? I've never heard of the country called West Africa. No, West Africa, Nigeria, not. Uh, oh, Nigeria. West Africa is not. A, West Africa is not a country. It's not. No, that's why I said I never heard of it. You're in Nigeria, yeah. though. Yeah. What's the weather like there? Well, weather is so cool now, but during the daytime, it's very hot. Oh, really? But now, during the evening time, it's very it's cool now, yeah. What kind of cool is it? Is it like, is it like uh, do you know what degrees in Fahrenheit it is? Well, it's very, it's, it's very hot now. Oh, yeah. Very hot now. I can't hot and dry, very huh? Very hot now. Does it make it hard to sleep? Very no no with no. with your with your air condition with your air yeah. condition you sleep very well. Cool man, sleep very well. That's yeah, great. Cool. Yeah, I've yeah. got a bunch of air conditioners here. It's pretty hot where I live because we do a lot of, you know, we we get down to business. Okay, okay, okay. 
I don't know. I, ju- I just one of the winner. I thought you are one of the winner that you called before. Oh, I, I just got this email, so I don't know. Okay. Okay. So what is your name? My name. What, what yeah. is my name? My name is Jason. Jason. Uh, Jason. Uh, you are so lucky to have won this great award, 2012. I know four million dollars. Uh, I, I, I would advise you. To uh, follow all the instructions I'll be giving to you for uh-huh. the claims, okay? Now you have less than seven working days for mm-hmm. the claims process of your ATM debit card. You have to... Have uh, I send you a, a form to fill? Um, yeah, you sent me a form. It's got all the information. I can see it says here to fill out Good. my Good. name, delivery address, Good. age, sex. Uh, sex, yes, please. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Occupation. Uh, with all this information, listen, listen to me. With those, with those information, uh, we're going to use the other information to process your winning. Once it's approved for delivery, then we're going to give the next step on uh, what to do uh, for the delivering of your ATM card. So my question is, so I, yeah. I have a full $4 million on this card, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the manual, the, listen to me, the manual that we instruct you on how to make withdrawals, how to change your pins, how to transfer, you are all sealed with your ATM card for Got delivery. It. You understand? No, I can so do as soon as you get it back. I can use whatever, I can use this money for whatever I want, right? If I want to buy like a car. Whatever you want to, you can make withdrawals, you can use to make any payment. And uh, one more thing, you can so, make withdrawals $8,000 every day. Eight thousand a day. You can withdraw a day. How much yeah, a day? Eight thousand dollar a day. Wait. Eight thousand dollar. That is the limit you can okay. withdraw a day. Can I just do a little math here? Because eight thousand, eight thousand. Uh, let's see here. I need to get a calculator. Do you have a calculator ready? Because I just want to. I just want to figure this out. I, let me get a calculator okay. right here. Hold on. So if it's eight thousand dollars a day, that's yeah. Eight, zero, that's zero, the limit zero. you can withdraw for a day. Okay. Hold on. Eight eight thousand a day. Times 365, that's how many days are in a year. So that means in one year I can take out, I can take out uh, only half of the money. I can take out two, well, about three quarters of the money, $2,900,000. So I'd have to take out 8000 every single day. Yeah, that is the limit you can withdraw for a day. Wow, so it's, that's crazy. Why is that the limit? I don't, I don't get you. Because I want to I be able to buy like a, like a helicopter gunship. Because I'm trying to start a war with uh, with the, our neighboring country uh, to the north. You you want to you want to squander your money? No, I'm not to squander it. I'm gonna I'm gonna use this money to buy a helicopter gunship, a, a fleet of them to take over an area north of us to steal their mineral mineral rights. Well, uh, uh, well, that's a very bad plan you're making. Have that's you, a very bad plan. Well, have you ever heard of the phrase "It takes money to make money"? That's a bad plan. What, 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 what? With this kind of money, you don't need all that type of money anymore. No, that's what I'm saying. See, if I if I had four million bucks, that's all I need to get my fleet of helicopter gunships, and I can take over a smaller country that has more mineral wealth than I have, and then I can I can I'll have innumerable I'll have trillions of dollars really. Because I UN UN is going to UN is going to fight you for that. Well, someone will fight me, but they won't be able to. They won't be able to fight against my Sikorsky mega gun machine. You and is going to fight you. NATO, NATO will be very angry with you. That's true. Do you think I should instead? Should I instead maybe like get a bunch of dogs? Sorry. Do you like do you like dogs? Like a canine, you know, like a dog, like woof woof. 
wolf. Like a, you know, like a dog, like a, a canine, a, like a ruff, ruff, like I'm a puppy, like a puppy dog. You know, it's like a, like a pet, well, like, a, like an animal that you have at your home. Well, listen, I'm, I'm very busy now. I have a lot of work. I have a lot of people to attend to very, uh, right now. Uh, okay. You, know, you send me email so that uh, we can the process of sounds great. ATM card. Okay, well, I think okay. that this sounds great. What I'm going to do, actually, is I think I'm not going to get the helicopter gunships. I'm instead probably going to get, I'm going to get like a big swath of land and have a lot of dogs. I wanted to introduce well, my, I don't know. can I introduce my friend well, J.K. Simmons to you? Because I think I would like to well, get, I would like to get him a card as well for $4 million. I think he also deserves one. He's a brilliant actor. Like He's a brilliant actor. I would actor. like to hang up I would like to hang up for now. I don't uh, you want, I have a lot of things to do now. You want to handle a, uh, handle a town? Yeah, I want to hang up. Hang up now. I want to hang up. You want to dance? I don't I don't want to dance. Look, I'm, I'm I don't know. I don't want to. I have a lot of things to do now. I want to drop the call. Okay, well, I can't do that. Sorry? Look, J.K. Simmons is going to be coming here in a minute, and he's going to want $4 million. He's a really... He's an amazing guy. He's very funny... And he does so much great work, both in drama and comedy. It's, it's he's a rare, a rare breed of a character actor in the United States. I mean, I got to work with him, and it's just it's I'm I'm tickled. You I know? can see that I can I can see that you don't have anything doing right now. You just want to play with my time and want to. I'm not interested in all this many discussion. Okay, look, all that is that all that is all that is very required now is for your claim step, Mr. Cafford. Procedure and I'll. Mr. Yeah. Mr. Cafford, I would like to play with your dingle. Dingle? Your dingle. Your dongle? Well, uh, your, the, your, ne the, network is, your, the network is breaking right here. No. I can really hear you well. Your hang down, your hang down tickle town? Your baby. Hmm? Your little baby that hangs around between your legs? Your fun guy? Your, uh, your dancing, your dancing boy? You know that guy? I want to play with him. No, I don't know. I you don't know. know. You, you go ahead. You go ahead and do any whatever you want to do. Okay. Okay. I'll, then uh, I'll, I'm going to do it. Uh, congrat congrat congratulations once again. Thank and, you. Uh, you are, I can see that you are not interested for your claims, and you should send us emails so that we can disqualify you to claim this uh, ATM card. Okay. Okay. I'm going to hurry up because, and I'm going to uh, look. We don't have Brentford, I'm gonna email you, you right. I'm gonna email time. you. I'm gonna email you right now. Okay, I'm gonna email you right now. Yeah, if you want, if you want to email, you email and talk I about it. I want to email you. Okay, Brent, will you just say one thing for me before I go? I would like to introduce J.K. Simmons. Wow. Just say that. It's just up to you. Just say that. If you say that it's to up. me, look. If you say that to me, I'm gonna, I'm gonna promise to follow up. Okay, just say that. It's up to you. Well, I don't. I like my. I'm gonna do my job. Mr. Caffer, do. Mr. I don't need to. I don't need to. I don't. I don't need to make more discussion with listening to me. Mr. Caffer, instructing on what to do here. Mr. Caffer, you don't need to listen to me. I don't. I. I don't want all this joking stuff. I'm not joking. I'm not interested. I'm not joking but, right now. Okay? Do you understand me? I'm not fucking joking. Okay. I want you to say okay. right now. Say. Introducing J.K. Simmons. How? How are you sounding? Are you hearing yourself? I do not, but that's because I'm leaning back. Okay. And now... Carlos Santana. I still don't hear myself.
You don't? There I am. Mickey sort Rourke. Of. David Duchovny. Those are people who wear one yeah. earphone? Those are one. So that's, I guess I should try that. I've tried, never done the one earphone before. Hey, J.K. Simmons, welcome to Twisting the Wind. Thank you. Thank you, Johnny Thanks Pemberton. For here. Thanks for being here. So uh, how's it going? Oh, I, uh, yeah. I, I see you did supply the wild turkey. I called your bluff. You see and this? And the uh, M&Ms. That, but you have not separated well, out you know the what? green ones. I didn't. And I was thinking about this earlier. The whole separation of the M&Ms involves a lot of handwork, you know? Like well, it's and certainly you don't want to be spreading germs. Exactly. The, the, the bag of M&Ms, as a character I once played on your TV, <laughs> would say is, a, is, a, is a, a hot pot of miscegenation. It is? All the colors just all mixed together. Yeah. Yeah. Which so is a good thing. I think maybe the green ones are resistant to uh, germs probably more than others, you think? No. They're not. They're the, they're the germ-friendly ones. See, I didn't want to dig through here. Also, I just was lazy and decided that this was good enough to call the bluff. It, of, it actually uh, had more turkey. impact this way. Plus, this way you can just return that to the store if you have your receipt because it's unopened. Yeah, I'm probably going to eat these, actually. I think these have never been returned. Has anyone ever returned peanut M&M's? It's like I certainly it's hope peanut not. M&M's. Like, what are you going to do? Like, oh, I have, they didn't taste perfect. <laughs> no, I, I meant to get a scrub brush. And <laughs> yeah. I, I oh, this looked by like accident. a... Uh, this isn't a Brillo pad? I thought this was a Brillo. <laughs> it sounds like it could clean. Yeah, you could probably... That would be, that would be my new cleaning thing is uh, just put some put a washcloth and you have a bag of peanut M&M's and you've got a, a massaging washcloth. Uh-huh. And an yeah. awesome audio device. It is. It's a shaker. It's a cheap kid's shaker. Yeah. So, yeah, Christmas is around the corner. Are you excited for Christmas? No. Not at all? No. Are you a Grinch? No, it's just, you know. It's just, it's like too much. It's just people everywhere. Yeah. You, you can't go get uh, lunch at the food court at the mall with your kids <laughs> without, that, you know, a You're really into food people. courts, right? I, oh, I'm heavily into food I'm courts. Food yeah, court? yeah. Much the, more so than the holidays. Really? What's the greatest food court, in your opinion? <sighs> the, uh, I never remember the name of the joint. Glendale. It's in Sherman Oaks. Sherman Oaks. Okay, that, yeah. they have a Galleria there or something, right? Sherman Oaks. Wow, but it's not the Galleria. It's, it's a different something, one. Right? There is a Galleria. They actually have actual grown-up restaurants or, you know, right. not grown-up, but, you but know, like the family restaurants. The cheesecake, your P.F. Chang's. <laughs> your P.F. Chang's. Your Chang's. Get those lettuce cups. Yeah. Yeah, or as uh, some people your, call it, the uh, Diarrhea Factory. Oh, no. lovely. No, well, I, I thought that was the El Torito, which is right across from. You the, like El Torito? Cheese, I do. I actually got El Torito one day on your recommendation. I was like, "Oh, this is J.K. Rabe's about El Torito. Yeah. I'll try it out. It was it? good. It was really good. Oh, good. Yeah, I enjoyed the uh, carne asada. It was uh, a nice. I they uh, they uh, did my order of no onions, no problem. They so actually listened, which is nice. They did. Yeah. I know that's so rare. That's a big plus. As a person who often doesn't want onions. It's rare when someone listens to no onions and doesn't go, oh, extra onions? Right. <laughs> try yeah. ordering a Diet Coke with lime. And, you try that and see how, Yeah, and well, see how often. People? Because I actually you know, like that. Yeah, you like it. Before it was a thing. Before it was, I, I made it a thing. You made it a thing. Yeah. You made I Diet started Coke with the with Diet lime? Coke and lime in like the late 70s. Really? Uh-huh. I think they had Took Diet Coke. Took it a while Coke to catch on. Well, Tab. Tab, okay. Tab and a lime. Are you, ba- are you glad the Tab is back? I it's did back, not know. Isn't it? I, I, I don't know back. if it ever totally left. It, it was didn't, just did it. It just sort of like went to Canada or something. Dusty cupboard somewhere. Yeah. I can't drink the diet drinks. I always feel like when I, when I do hit the diet drinks, it usually is a sign that I am uh, in a bad place because they have more <laughs> caffeine. And there's also oh, like, do they have more caffeine? I, I did not know that. Diet Coke has about one and a half times the caffeine of regular Coke. I'm actually drinking. Here's a commercial. Okay. Blue Sky Soda. Blue Sky. Mostly now. That's because the uh, it's organic sweetened stuff, right? With stevia, stevia, stevia. Okay. Which is, you know, Zero natural. Chem- it is. It's not a chemical weird thing. 
Right, it's not aspartame. Doesn't necessarily mean it's healthy, but it's natural. Yeah, it is Much natural. Much like hemlock. Hemlock, isn't that a poison? Yes, but it's <laughs> completely natural right, okay. and organic. Yeah, that's the same way that, uh, was it, aren't tomatoes, tomatoes are part of the nightshade family, which people used to think were poisonous. They did, although tomatoes. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I guess it depends how you say it, right? Yeah. The po- a poison, uh, there's an old Shakespearean uh, saying, uh, a poison is is a name if it is nothing else, right? Yeah. That's what it yes, is. that's yeah, exactly uh, it, Johnny. Juliet, you're a rose. If you're not a bitch, you're probably a rose. So, so But funny. rose can be a bitch. Rose can be a bitch. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we, you're an actor. Uh, uh, you're, yeah. We're, an act, we're actors. We're, we're an actor. Uh, uh, yeah. How, when did you start acting? I mean, not like acting... Obviously, you danced out of the womb, like the T-Rex song, right? But, yeah, yeah. But when did you, when were you like first, like, oh, I'm well, going to do this. I'm gonna actually going to do this. Yeah, you know what? I, I was really actually doing it before I kind of realized that it was happening. You sort of like folded into I, it? I was studying music in college. Right. Um, although, well, my stage debut was actually in the eighth grade health class play. Really? What I, was it about? Well, it was called Alice in Foodland. Okay. And I played Tweedledum. Oh, man. Uh, alongside Kyle Lafferty, who was the other tackle on the football team in wow. eighth grade. Kyle. Who the two big guys with, you know, tutus on, as I recall. Which is always funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we got a few laughs. But mm-hmm. then it wasn't like I didn't, like, go the whole thespian route from there. I was, I right. was, I was in college studying music and wanted to be Leonard Bernstein. And So you and, were studying composition? Composition, wow, voice, okay. and you know, conducting. And so you play piano, I suppose, huh? You know what? Not a little so bit. well. No, no. I, thought no. You had, I thought you had to play piano to be a composer. Well, here's the thing. My composition teacher in college actually said, and this was, you know, rationalizing and justifying, but because I have absolutely no talent in my hands whatsoever you and, don't? and okay. couldn't really play the piano worth a damn, right. his theory was, and I think this was accurate during that brief period when the, you know, classical music muse was with me. Uh, I wasn't limited right. by what I could play on my ten fingers, you know. So I was just kind of sucking music out of the cosmos, like Brahms used to say, and and just you know putting it down onto paper, oh, cool. direct from the heavens. You're to, just you just tripping know, balls. As a, as a condo, I was tripping my <laughs> ass off, yeah. right? But wrote some awesome stuff. So do you play any type of music at all? I mean, any type of instrument? No, you know, I can really? fake it on guitar, piano yeah. for a while. My kids both, you know, they're are, into it. Yeah, they both play a lot better yeah. than I do. So you you did comp- composition for a while. At what point were you like, this is not the road to be on? Yeah, it wasn't even. It wasn't even. Uh, I was I was in college doing it. I started doing summer stock and kind of you know segue segue the the literally the whatever muse came and visited me for a few years there and and was pouring music through me onto a page. You know, had her time and, and nice. left and. Uh, um, yeah, she's visited some other people like David yeah. Lee Roth. I, she I was think, uh, after she saw. I think you, she right? jumped off of me onto uh, well Stephen Sondheim for a okay. while and then David Lee Roth. <laughs> she so shared the same music. That's pretty cool. Circuitous route. Yeah, that's nice. So, uh, do you still have any of those compositions? I do actually. Uh, in fact, I just uh, I just appeared with the symphony in uh, in one of my three what? hometowns. Uh, oh, this narrating is, okay. actually some things. Uh, um, I'm sure everybody who's listening is well aware of the Aaron Oh, Copeland yeah, we know about this. Lincoln portrait. Uh-huh. We got a lot of Southerners uh, listening to this uh, And the uh, Ashokan Farewell, which is a... a okay. Anyway. Uh, there are things that orchestras sometimes do with guys who just talk. Really? Um, yeah. It's so just, they play the music, exactly? and you ha- I had a score in front right? of me, and, and it's actually weirdly hard because yeah. I, mean, I used to sing and stuff with orchestras, but... 
you know, you were part of the music there. Yeah, so you're here, with it's like the rhythm and everything. You're yeah. reading the music and, and then you start talking here, but it's hard to just talk like a normal human and still hear everything that's going on under you musically and stay with the conductor without right. making him, you know, sort of wave his arms like a yeah. maniac going, no, no, you're, you know. Is that because you want to like, because you naturally want to lock in with the rhythm or something, right? So you start to be like. Well, uh, you, yeah, or you just are so consciously not doing that because you're just trying to like read a Lincoln speeches, right. you know, with some kind of human intelligent mm-hmm. rhythm that's not Man. constricted or bound by the music that, uh, that you end up like totally off. Yeah. So it sounds like it's kind of like a radio play in a sort of sort of sense except not, it's not, not radio even it's remotely live. in any okay, way yeah. at all um this thanks for being here thanks it was really yeah, fun okay. to have you and uh, good talking to you uh be parting gifts around thanks the for table. the wild turkey dude <laughs> yeah you, you can take that but not the glasses what's well, on i think maybe i'll try to do that sometimes write a composition that i can have you have you speak over i like that idea i think awesome. it's a we'll, we'll start a nice new uh secondary npr based upon that mm-hmm. and it will be uh wildly unsuccessful I'm but sure. the government will Maybe they can use it as for like government speech. Well, they'll speech. be listening in. Yeah, they'll be listening. Like, hey, can you read this public service announcement for us over this uh, over this Philip Glass or composition? <laughs> 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 People just like the way it sounds. Have you ever heard of those Conet number projects things? It's really strange. I have not. It's this weird collection of music. Not really music. It's um, during the Cold War. They used to communicate with their spies in bed overseas by using shortwave radio. Right. And then they have like these stations that have like a weird little tone that'll play like do 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 do. And then some lady goes four seven twenty nine sixteen forty. It's so creepy. And there's like you know hundreds of them recorded. They mm. are the creepiest thing you've ever heard in your life. And it's just like. Uh, it's all these. They call. They don't have any any name because no one will own up to be like you know. Oh yeah, that was us. That was our government. We yeah. we weren't spying in the Cold War. No, <laughs> no. Those were just pictures. We're checking to see what they were growing. You know, see how many beets. We you know, but no one owns up to it. But they're really interesting to listen to. They're like, yeah. So is that? Uh, first of all, it's just weird to have someone you know who's eleven years old educating me about the Cold War. But. <laughs> Second of all, the you know, other thing the that occurs war. to me as your eyes sort of glazed over as you were describing that is that is that something you'd like listen to when you're masturbating or? Uh, definitely, yeah. It's it's the, when I hear like number twenty seven said yeah. by this lady, it's just like it's like peak. It just it's a hot know, it's the apex of sexuality for me because yeah. I'm just so so boring that when I hear that kind of <laughs> shit, I just explode in the pants. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I would know. maybe we can do that. That'd be a good play. People masturbating to these. Cold War number <laughs> sequences. It'll a be certain on, kind of people. It'll be on Santa Monica at a uh, very, very small, off, 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 off Santa Monica Broadway. Can you can you hear my phone in the back? I can you hear. don't mind if I get this, do you? Just, just take gotta, it. Who know, is it? I don't know. Is it could Leonard be, Bernstein? It's, it's not a number I recognize, but is it? it could be somebody interesting. I'll just pick it up and see. Okay, Hello? Yeah. No, I'm not going to answer the phone. You can. Stranger things have happened here, I think. I'm, I'm really sure exactly, but uh, back to your trajectory of life. So you were doing this composition and stuff, and then you started getting. You said doing, doing summer stock. Is that right? Summer stock I did. is what is summer stock exactly? I well, it was, that uh, technically it was summer rep. Okay. I'm make a noise by moving my microphone. Oh, it was summer. It's nice um, and greased. But yeah, let's get off the whole lubrication idea. I wasn't um, talking about it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was uh, when I was in college, and I actually uh, took a quarter off to go play Figaro Ooh. in The Marriage of by Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. Um, and uh, and the, the guy whose high school class was painting the set mm-hmm. uh, 
came up and uh, and we were just chatting and he said, oh, I run this little summer theater and maybe you'd like to. And I said, nah, no thanks. I don't think so. Right. And then a few months later, blah, 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 blah. I happened to be with another pal and he was, you know, I'm going to go to this summer theater and I, you know, my summer plans had fallen apart. So, so I ended up at the Big Fork Summer Playhouse. The Big Fork is in Montana, Big right? Big Fork, Montana. Montana. Up near Glacier Park and uh, it's, you know, right in the middle of God's country. A lot of natural beauty there. Really, really. Steinbeck would be at home. He would. I think so, right? He was. Yeah. Did yeah. he stop by and Hemingway? There? Hemingway was a big oh, right. Idaho, northern Idaho, he western was? Montana oh. fan, yeah. Hemingway, the house I grew up in in Rochester, Minnesota, the house next to us was where he used to walk. He was staying when he was a mental patient. I guess he used to take walks around there at night uh-huh. right before he uh, shot himself in the face. Neat. Yeah. So, so he would take walks around your neighborhood with weapons. I think so. Awesome. He's, and some something about Rochester, Minnesota gave him the courage to finally end his life. <laughs> nice. Something something about nice. the bleakness of that horrible I have uh, I have place. a cousin in Rochester and You do? Uh, and, uh, oh, we talked and, about this. Yeah, yeah, my brother lived in Minnesota for many years Roch. too up in the up in the big twin cities. Yeah, you've been up there a bunch. Minneapolis. Yeah. So it's cold. It's It is cold. deadly cold. Yeah. There was uh there was a, a a winter once when I was in high school where it was so cold, the governor canceled school in the entire state for two days in a row. Nice. Because it was 16.0 in the warmest place, the Dude, warmest part. part. Uh, the coldest city, I learned this when I was there, in the world mm-hmm. of over a million people is Winnipeg, Manitoba. Winnipeg. Right above Minnesota. Yep. There, don't it's, you know? It's deadly. Oh, yeah. Oh, 54 yeah. below without the windshield when we were shooting, like, you know, duck hunting scenes. And what were you shooting things. up there? Uh, I'm not telling. You won't tell? No. <laughs> so how many things How many things on your uh, list of uh, things are things that you were like, eh, I would like to forget about that? Just a few, <laughs> Just a, couple. a handful. You so know. is this something where I'd have to uh, go to, like, Mongo Video a go-go to find or... Wow, is that what the kids are going to now? Because I, I, I've, I've actually never been there. I just heard about it. It's some video store like on Melrose in a shitty neighborhood that has like. Oh, it's an actual place in the real yeah, world, I not a it, virtual thing. I think it's a. V, it may not even be there anymore, but it no. was a. It's a place you can get your VHS tapes. You know, awesome of weirdo like. John Waters wanted to make this movie, but he wasn't allowed to, so someone else did. Like Can you get your uh, like eight track of Emerson, Lake, and Palmer there too? I don't know. I mean, they probably have any anything people don't actually want. They probably have awesome. yeah. anything that you can't sell legally. Uh, yeah, I think I think it's the whole deal. So it was one of those kind of things. It was like a sm- you don't want to talk about it. No. It's okay. No, you know, it was yeah. just a, it was it was it was not a great movie. It was the writer's strike. It oh, was there no. were, I have a lot of excuses. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Excuses are fine. You know. Plus it's, you know, what I do for a living. So you you started doing musical theater for a long time. Yeah. That was what your that was your main deal, right? For no. Yeah, for yeah. And then uh, uh, after the Big Fork Summer Playhouse mm-hmm. in Big Fork, Montana. Right. A delightful place to go spend a week in the summer. That's good. some musical theater. This um, show brought to you by the Big Fork <laughs> Playhouse in Montana. Shows most of the time when they're not, I don't know, uh, taking care of those sheep. Yeah. No. When my parents first moved to Montana, my father's boss back in Ohio uh, told me that, he's, and I literally did not know the geography. This speaks to our public school education. Right. The geography of the United States, when my because I, I had lived in Michigan on Ohio my whole life. I'd never traveled west of the Mississippi. And uh, when my, my parents and my little brother were moving to Montana, I literally was trying to envision that corner of the United States, and I, I just forgot about Idaho. <laughs> I just thought Montana bordered with Washington State. 
But when my dad's boss, you know, heard that he was moving to Montana, he, he uh, uh, in that awkward way that grown-up men do with, like, teenage yeah. guy. I guess I was 17 at the time. He said, yeah, Montana, that's where men are men, women are scarce, and sheep are nervous. <laughs> and I was like, no, it's because yeah, uh, I'm 17. I don't talk about like penis stuff no. to me. That's just weird. Hey, so uh, seriously though, you gonna you gonna fucking those sheep out oh, yeah. there? Yeah, yeah seriously. sure. Oh, yeah, seriously, they're willing. Uh, yeah, send one back for me. I send a pretty one back for me. Will you send a pretty one back? <laughs> I do know. I had a good friend there who uh, who that was his first uh, <laughs> experience with a living being. You know, there's this thing. This is like kind of gross, and but it's true. Grosser than fucking sheep, or uh, there's like a, a group of people who live in. Uh, I think it's Colombia in the in the um, sort of in the country of Colombia where it is totally acceptable to have sex with a donkey until you're ready to do it with a woman. Well, sure, with like, a female donkey, you mean? Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 female donkey. Yeah, uh, certainly they're not so, queer. Yeah, it's not. It's not <laughs> can you mean they're not gay? They're Catholic. They're, can't, they can't have sex with them. Oh, that yeah. would be. Yeah, no, that would that be w- bad. That, that would be against the Bible. Oh yeah, that would send the wrath of God down on you. Can yeah, yeah. you can't yeah. having having gay sex with an animal. God, yeah, that is no. just not allowed. That's not good. Yeah. Speaking of gay sex, so what did your uh, what did your family think about you doing musical theater? Yeah, like well, uh, well, my dad was a musician, a music he was? teacher, oh, okay. and you know, my yeah, my parents were totally supportive and cool. And it, but it was especially having started out doing musical theater right. in Montana in the seventies, where there probably were one or two gay guys, but they were right. so firmly in the closet that you know. And then, and then after I graduated from college, I moved to sort of the nearest big city that made any sense to me, which was Seattle. Okay, and I ended up doing a show there after. After I spent a couple of months washing cars in the rain at a used car lot. <laughs> washing cars in Seattle was, seems sort of like. Job. I know. <laughs> it was like, wash the cars. It's raining. Just you know, you're getting do paid it. two eleven an hour, so go wash the cars and then, right. you know, start them up. Uh, but after a couple of months of that, I, I got a job doing, you know, a musical in Seattle at the Palace Theater. And of course, you know, there were. 13 men and I was one of two straight guys so in the company. So you just cleaned up. Huh? <laughs> Dude, it was awesome. <laughs> oh man, that's amazing. Yeah, that's like Im- the great fringe benefit of being a straight guy doing musical theater. Yeah. There's always like 10 hotties and, and most of the guys are gay. So anyone ever try to fight you at all? In that situation? Like in the no? world? Ever? Yeah. You know. Yeah, I, I had to beat up a few guys. But you've done you a know. lot of, have you done a lot of the beating versus beating down ratio? What is it, you think? Versus be well. Um, Has anyone ever beat you up? Oh yeah, really? I got my ass kicked really badly when Dave Ford and I went to downtown Columbus to see The Temptations, and, and oh, just man. at age fifteen, and just didn't realize <laughs> being the only two white guys in the audience at a Temptations concert in nineteen sixty nine. They weren't having it. You know, I mean, no, I mean ninety nine point nine percent of everybody was oh, having yeah. it. We were having a great time, and then and then. Yeah, you know, long story, blah blah blah. But yeah, these these five guys ended up kicking the shit out of Man. me, but not while, Dave Ford. Well, Dave wisely, you know, Dave. got the hell out. Oh wow, he just left you. Can't knock Dave. I mean, I, would I have stood up to you know five angry young black men who were two or three years older than no. us who were kicking my friend's ass? And what's the point in getting a beat down just you know so you can say you were there? Yeah, to I not think you a pussy. Of- you, you took, it's instinct. Was that before? Had you, had you ever been in a fight before that? Uh, I did hit somebody in the face in like third grade. Only only after we'd rolled around on the ground for 
uh, you know, probably a minute, right. the fighting about which way, the, and this was just positively un-American. <laughs> which way we were the, playing baseball. <laughs> no, it was which way do you run to first base oh after you hit God. a baseball? I was like, oh my God, what Hi, you're eight years old. What are you, are you a communist? What side were you're, you on? Uh, well, the okay. correct oh, side, communist. of course. Okay. Now you weren't a communist. I was not a communist. And, <laughs> and I can, whoever the kid was, we ended up rolling and rolling and rolling on the ground in this tussle. And then, and then I finally was able to clearly hear somebody from the, you know the gang that gathers. I heard somebody say, "Hit him!" And I thought, "Well, okay. that's a logical idea that might end this stalemate." And right. I, and I hit him in the face, and he cried, and I felt bad, and that was my first fight. And then the second one was getting my ass kicked by five black guys in downtown Columbus at a Temptations concert. That's pretty and good. then after, as I was literally like picking up my teeth and bleeding all over oh, the ground, I, I was just starting to stand up. And, and it turns out the five guys had run off in two different directions. So as I'm kind of coming back to clarity, I see two guys running at me again, you know, and I just kind of duck and cover. And uh, They weren't and, finished? No, no, they were just running past me oh, because okay. they realized they wanted to run with their friends. Right, right. And then, yeah, so I, and then I ducked and covered and nothing more bad happened. And then I stood up and like, you know, Bubba Smith was standing, you know, looming over me, walking towards me. And, and I just thought, oh, my God, this is... This guy's come to finish me off, and of course, you know, he was some nice guy. He was helping pick me up and saying, "You okay? Need Can I call pass. somebody for you? Yeah, you want to go meet the temps? Meet the temps? No, yeah, yeah, that didn't happen. It's pretty good though. Yeah. So, uh, and I had a great story to tell at school, you know, because I mean, I oh was, yeah, it's a great story to tell. Bad. And my my English teacher at the time, Ethel Nichols, was one of the few black teachers at my school, which was like ninety percent white, and uh, uh, she she like had this weird sort of reverse white liberal guilt really some kind of wow, thing going on you know about this isn't whole, like what like late 60s 69 69 or 70 yeah so that's the album is that, is that solid gold i think was the temptations album i'm trying to think well no. it was greatest hits was the one that, that dave ford and i were you know that had probably right. just come out yeah that's the album i got from my dad i'm pretty sure is that one maybe oh wait, when it, what's the album called when it rains or what Let's just talk about the uh, Temptations Let's albums that we Motown don't actually know. Let's talk about Motown in the late know. 60s. The uh, four yes, tops. Motown. People liked Motown. Conclusion. People enjoyed Motown. Motown's awesome. It is pretty good. And I was born in Motown, so. Oh, okay. So you've got, you've got Detroit roots. Yeah. Yeah. So you've been singing a long time, more than almost, almost anything. That's like, that's like your instrument, is your, is your yeah. voice. Yes, my voice is my instrument. It is. Yeah. Uh, can we do uh, Lady, please? No, okay, just no, no ladies. You know, like just yell lady like Jerry Lewis in a movie <laughs> in the city. Lady! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You ever Have you ever had someone do that to you when you're doing like a voice acting thing where they're just like puppeting you? Like, you know, do this, do that. Like do uh, all different thousands of like voices. annoying directors. Yeah, yeah people yeah. who can't make up their mind, like asking yeah. for a thousand different sounds <laughs> yeah. from you. Yes. yes. Yeah. And you, I am really a man of 13 sounds. So I'm which, not, I mean, I do like animation work and yeah. stuff, but I'm not one of those... Like, yeah, some people you know, are real Tom chameleons. Kenny, Billy West, uh, uh, Dan Castellaneta, you know, Hank Azaria kind of guys. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I can do it. I can do, you know, characters, but not, I'm but, not like that facile. Right. Yeah, when you get JK, you get JK. That's right. I'm a freaking star. I was watching the Venture Brothers the other day with my girlfriend, and she is a deep and crazy devoted fan of the Venture Brothers. And, um, I mean, she, had, she made me ask, I'm asking you now. How did that happen? The whole Venture Brothers thing, because they they're very like uniquely selective in who they have on the show, because they don't have many many guests. I see it seems to be. Uh, 
they called my agent and said, we want JK to be on our show and we'll pay him hundreds of dollars. Got it. And my agent said, it's a funny show. It is. You should be on it. And I said, oh, okay. That's and like, actually, I literally, I happen to be, I, I, I live in Los Angeles, California, where I have for low these nine years. Nine years, that's it. But yeah. I lived in New York for 20 years before that. I happen to be in New York, which mm-hmm. is where they do the show. Yeah, it is. Yeah, they and, have this uh, weird compound. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, so in, they were planning on just phone patching me from L.A., but I happened to be like the next week I was going to New York, so uh, I got to do it in their place. It is a funny show. Yeah, it's such a weird, crazy, funny show that it's like they can get away with so much stuff that no other show does. Yeah. yeah. Have you? So when did you uh, first start, when did you first deviate from the whole musical theater thing and start acting? Well, uh, when I moved to Seattle, I, I, uh, I started... Um, you know, there was it was sort of a burgeoning theater town at the time, and uh, uh, but there wasn't always musical stuff going on. And, and uh, I, you know, I, I'm trying to remember what the first I did some Joe Orton plays at the Skid Road Theater in Seattle, and uh, that was maybe the first you know professional not musical thing that I did. And right. uh, you know, and then I got I ended up getting jobs at the Seattle Rep and this and that, and uh, um. Just really stumbling from one thing into another and, and doing different plays and, and learning, even though I never went to theater school. Um, you know, I, I ended up doing classical stuff and Shakespeare and, and uh, uh, just bouncing back and forth between every different kind of theater imaginable for five years or so in Seattle before I moved to New York. And then basically my first seven or eight years in New York, I was doing the same thing just bouncing all over the country at different regional theaters. So when you were doing the stuff in Seattle, were you making a living off of that, or were you doing like odd jobs and stuff at the same time? Yeah, once once I started, I was mostly making a living at it, actually, after the washing cars in the rain. Well, there was also the selling subscriptions to the newspaper that people don't want. <laughs> the Seattle and, Observer? Uh, the Seattle Times. Seattle Times, Seattle Times. Yeah. okay. I think I just um, made up a newspaper. Random, doing random cold calls, and then, and then, and then we had some like, fall back hi i'm blah 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 from the seattle times are you currently a subscriber to the times you know did you of course what was most your... people were not but then if they go yes i am you go. well fine this is just a uh, <laughs> checkup call to see how your you know delivery service has been and then of course every once in a while people go, well you know what last tuesday and you go okay call this number bye you know <laughs> this number that doesn't exist it has wait a second this <laughs> yeah. is only seven numbers <laughs> This isn't. This isn't. Uh, There's no. What area? Huh? Hey, uh, everyone. Who, everyone who lives in Seattle sounds like that, right? Yeah. They do mostly yeah. like sort of like David Letterman's stupid <laughs> guy. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. He does. He does that a lot, doesn't he? he still does yeah. that. Dave. He loves that. He loves the stupid guy. He loves Crispin Glover and stupid funny. guy. <laughs> yes. Have you ever worked with Crispin Glover? I have not worked with Crispin Glover. Do you think? Would you like to? Yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of feel the same way. It would yeah. be like an interesting experience. Yeah, it would be. I would be. I think it'd be. It's like Vegas. It's like take a little dose of it and then yeah. and you're out. Yeah, or maybe yeah. it's not. Maybe it's like heroin, where it's just like, oh, I didn't realize how take good a it was. Dose of it and then yeah, and then, and then you're, you're in. Just, and you're in. Yeah. It's like wow. It's I didn't realize things. There's like a, a ninth color you did when you were missing this entire <laughs> yeah. time. Yeah, it's dabbling called, in heroin is not a. I don't know how we got to that, but yeah, I'm probably not going to do that either. I don't want to dabble. No, I didn't. That's one of the few things I didn't dabble in. But you, when you were going crazy on the uh, psychedelic scene in Seattle in the seventies, well, uh, Johnny, my mom is still living, so I think <laughs> we should just steer clear of that topic. <laughs> is your mom into podcasts? <laughs> is your mom into sort of you know what? It, it's uh, it's frightening programs? how much uh, how much my my mom hears about really? in in Montana. 
about what's going on in show business. And of course, because I don't, you know, when I call, you know, my family and talk, I don't talk about show business because I don't really pay attention to show business. So yeah, it's pretty- every once in a while, she's kind of miffed that she's like, why didn't you tell me you were in this, you know, movie or whatever, you know? Yeah, and I feel I the like, same yeah. way where it's like, I just, you're talking about it. I don't know. This, I feel like I've already talked about it enough at the point when it's something to talk about. Yeah. 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 And when you call home, you want to talk about, you know, how's Aunt Isla doing? Or yeah. Or yeah. how's, uh, where's the, where's the eggnog? <laughs> yeah. Where, who the, who's the, whose jacket is this? Who the fuck put this here? This is my chair. <laughs> yeah. I generally don't drop the F-bombs on mom. Oh, you don't. Sometimes. God, Sometimes. I, st- not, I do now. And it's like. Not it's belligerently bu- like that. No, not belligerent. It's more just like, oh, that's fucking bullshit. Who's that guy? And it's become just this thing where it's casual. And it's, yeah, yeah, it's never, it's never toward someone. It's definitely not toward mom. But yeah, yeah. The language fuck thing you, is. Mom. <laughs> Yeah, that does. Yeah, there's not a lot. Of, not a lot of nice. fuck you, mom, at home during the Christmas. No, you know, I remember the first. You remember the first time one of your parents like cursed in front of you? I'm trying to think, I kind of remember. No, I do remember my dad one time saying to me very seriously, "You're ASG," because he didn't want to say my ass is grass, which is like <laughs> not such a big deal <laughs> to say my ass is grass. You're ASG, young man. You're ASG. Ooh, you're in. You're in deep ass. Wow. Yeah, I don't know what I did. It's probably something not that bad at all. Do you remember the first time you heard? Well, I remember two things from my dad. One that when I was probably you know eleven, and my little brother would have been seven, and uh, and he had a you know a couple of knucklehead friends sleeping over at the house, and they decided they were going to sleep out on the on the screen porch mm-hmm. in, in the Midwest. We all you had the old screen porch, which you would put the storm windows on in, yeah. the, in the winter, right? And, Stay uh, cool. But in the, the screens had just gone on. It was early spring, still cold, and he said uh, we were going to pick up the pizza at Leonardo's and. Uh, Good old Leonardo's. Good old Leonardo's Pizza in Worthington, Ohio. I'm doing commercials for them and the Big Fork Summer Playhouse. Now a pizzeria. In Big Fork, Montana, 59911. Um, <laughs> and so we're going to pick up the pizza. And, and I said, so David and you know his little knucklehead pals are going to sleep you know, out on the screen porch or out of the backyard or whatever it was. He goes, those dummies are going to freeze their balls off. you know. And I was like, oh. Dad knows what balls means. Balls. He's oh, got a pair. My, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and then later he referred to one of, this was when I was like 19 or, you know, 18 in college. But the first time I heard him drop the F-bomb was, uh, he was talking about a, a colleague of his, uh, who, and he said, uh, he said she should take a flying fuck at a rolling donut. Oh. Which was not only the first time I heard him use that word, but it was the first time I heard that expression, which is such a great visual. Yeah, flying fuck like a at flying a rolling fuck donut. At a rolling donut. But that's for a woman to do that, right? Well, which would be make it extra difficult. She'd have some some kind yeah. of a strap on device. She'd have to device, have I a guess. strap on yeah. to take a flying fuck. We like dad. Actually, she's a she doesn't have a phallus, so no, we didn't she, really get no, into it beyond that. I, was just, that yeah. I mean, I was just I was going along with you know in the spirit of what he was saying because right. she was a pain in the ass that bitch yeah let's say her name Con- <laughs> <laughs> uh, name names please name names i will not uh flying fucking around i never heard any good expressions from my the as far as swearing goes did you ever did you ever get really into cursing at some point where you're like because you're pretty good at it now i have to say you're well, pretty good at it you know a few years on hbo yeah oh that'll uh, do it yeah. yeah yeah um well we're all i mean you know a few years in the locker room as a as a yeah. know, adolescent boy um, God, I just all of a sudden all, I, all you can think of is fucking Jerry Sandusky now. Anytime anybody oh, man. talks about locker rooms and yeah, young kids, let's not nope go there. Let's not horse around with that what that topic. <laughs> I feel like he's tainted that phrase even. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. he's tainted just a lot. 
He is a he's a taint. <laughs> he's a liquid taint, basically. Nice. So back to your career trajectory. <laughs> yes. Uh, what? So you were in doing you're in Seattle. You're doing all this acting, and then you moved to New York. What What was the impetus to move to New York for uh, you? I'd done a musical in Sun Valley, Idaho called Cowboy, um, written by some Montana guys, actually. And uh, it was about the life of Charlie Russell, Charles M. Russell, who was a great uh, Western artist, painter, and sculptor. Way better than Frederick Remington, who most people you know, are more familiar with. Most people are. So. Yeah, they're, they're, when you see like sculpted bronzes of cowboys and stuff, okay. it's, it's either Remington or Russell. Like Hank Williams' 24 Greatest Hits. No, no, no. He's got that. Oh, got does a, he have that? Uh, there's a bronze on the cover of that. At least the, the edition well, it, that it, I bought when I was in It's probably a freaking Remington because I think he's more of a like Texas guy. Okay. Charles, Charlie Russell was a, was an actual cowboy who was out there, you know, wrangling and, and doing his thing. And, uh, rustling. He was not rustling. Okay. He was wrangling. <laughs> Sorry. Is there a difference between rustling and wrangling? Yes, rustling is stealing. Oh, it is, Which isn't is it? illegal. Yeah, rustlers. And wrangling is herding and keeping together. And then there's, uh, what's, what's uh, James Garner's character? Character in The Great Escape. He's a what do they call him? He's a great name. He gets stuff. He acquires things. He's the. I just uh, I just started reading his uh, uh, book, The Garner Files. Actually, really? his his autobiography. Um, scrounger, not the Scrounger, is it? Uh, I don't know. See, I, I saw that movie once when I was yeah. you know eleven when it came out, and uh, I remember. I remember his uh, uh, Steve McQueen with the you know yeah the motorcycle. I didn't even know who Steve McQueen was when I saw that movie. He was like yeah, the that least. was probably the first time I ever saw yeah. him because you, you and I are about the same age yeah about the same yeah. age yeah totally yeah. so yeah you're going you're talking about the cowboys yeah, the, right so cowboy uh, yeah so so we did uh, we did this production of cowboy in mm-hmm. Sun Valley Idaho and uh, and then it was you know then we're gonna go to Broadway and uh, uh, you know the the leading lady was an, an, an actress uh, which is what we used to call female actors I still do that and I, yeah. I feel like sometimes I feel like I'm like about to get slapped or something. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't see anything wrong with it, honestly. Yeah, I feel like it's nothing. I c- Differentiating gender is not a negative. Yeah, prejudice. Like when you have the Academy Awards, they don't say uh, best female actor. Best performance by a female they? actor. They in say a- actress, right? Best actress. I think they still do. Yeah, unless yeah. something is. I don't know. I don't know. I don't watch them awards shows. So you're with an actress. I was, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, um, uh, yes, yes, I was with many actresses during those days, and uh, uh, yeah, so, you know, so it just seemed a logical time for me to go to New York and, you know, live on people's floors in Hell's Kitchen and, uh, oh, and man. actually camp with my aunt and uncle uh, in Scarsdale, where my five cousins grew up, Scarsdale. which is not nearly as ritzy as it sounds. It's a real pretty name, Scarsdale. Yeah. Well, it's it's one of the, like, you know, ritzy suburbs in Oh, it is. It's County. nice. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. It's where like the, the ridiculously rich people live, but there's also like normal neighborhood right. Scarsdale, you know. That's how it always works. The places that have the horrible names are nice. Yeah. yeah. Scarsdale. Gross Point. Gross Point. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Gross Point. Skokie. Skokie. But that's not nice, is it? Skokie? That's in Alabama. Where is Skokie? No, Illinois. Uh, Illinois. Suburb yeah. of Illinois. Sheboygan. 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 Uh, Kenosha. Uh, Poughkeepsie. Poughkeepsie, uh, Lake Mackinac. <laughs> Two dot Montana. Uh, uh, Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> Juneau, Alaska. Juneau? You know, we did a, a thing a couple years after Juneau, which was a movie. Movie, right. Some people saw. Um, people saw. We did a little a little thing called Juneau, J-E-W-N-O, 
that was just this little uh it was it wasn't funny or die it was kind of right before funny or die okay, I it, was guess. Just it was just internet. this random internet thing that right. that one of the uh one of the writers on John Stewart's show put together and I don't know how he knew somebody who knew me and so right. I, I did this little reprisal of my where we were all like eh, she's dating this boy <laughs> you know what are we going to do and uh, and the rest of the actors were all like imitators you know of of the actors who had played the original parts and then I imitated myself only that's like pretty I good. Was a Jew from Brooklyn. Are you Jewish? I am not. You're not. Even even way back. Uh, no. I mean, I have no. I have no Jewish blood that I know of. Like, yeah, Irish Scott. I'm a mutt. You know, Here's like most cl- classic Irish, mutt. Scots Irish. A tiny bit of German. Yeah. Maybe a little one uh, sixteenth Black Hawk Indian. In the, oh yeah, you get the Black Hawk in the background huh? there. Yeah, which you can kind of see on my mom's side of the family. I think I have even less, and it's something even more stereotypical, which is Cherokee. So yeah. I'm told. Yeah, right. There was a big rock. You know what? You go back far enough, we're all, you know, African yeah. and Native American and everything right. else. Too. I do have Jewish cousins because my mom's younger brother married a Jewish woman. So, My grandfather used to say, I said, I said grandfather. I always called him grandpa. So we're to say grandfather. My grandfather. My grandfather once said, uh, he was not a grandfather. He was a grandpa. He, he claimed that uh, if your family was in the United States for more than four or five generations, you have Native American blood. Because it's like, yeah. I guess those women, they looked good. <laughs> they looked really good because they got that exotic look. And if you're like some Welsh guy who's coming to town and you're in Oklahoma. Right, and there's a bunch yeah. of like pasty white broads yeah. around. Yeah. You got some missing teeth and who knows what kind of weird <laughs> shit happened to get that wagon to where you landed to farm. See that exotic... Indian, ooh, ooh, yeah. We're back on the we're back on the topic of miscegenation where we began with the uh, bag of M and M's. Oh yeah, it's true. Yeah. You think that's? I don't. I don't know if it's that. I, I'm just saying that they're probably. It was probably a fun time to be. No, it was not a fun. <laughs> fun time to be alive before that internet. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, are you really active in the internet at all? Or no. no, you're not. No. So you don't take. Do you take part in any type of uh, social media? No. Not, not even not even the slightest bit. No, nor will. Well. Uh, I guess as my children uh, delve into mm-hmm. the Facebook, oh yeah, and the my place, stuff, my place, and that's the, the new the one. The tweeting huh? and the twittering. Um, uh, I probably will have to, you know, just to sort just of keep tabs. monitor, you know. Yeah, it's interesting how that works. You kind of get forced into it, huh? Yeah. But you have a you have a phone. You have a cell phone. I do. I have two cell yeah. phones. That's mainly for checking Ohio State scores, right? <laughs> Mostly Ohio State football and uh, Detroit right. Tiger baseball scores. Yeah. How, why are you so into Ohio State? Because uh, is that just because it's where you spent the most time? Well, that was you know my two first stops growing up were Detroit, when right. my dad taught public school, and then and then he got a job at Ohio State uh, in the music department when I was like ten. Mm-hmm. So most of my uh, maybe eleven, uh, most of my junior high and high school years, I was you know going to the football games and you know right. rooting for Ohio State. Although most of my it was it's kind of a weird combination to be a. But it's not like Detroit your alma mater. Well, it's one of the three colleges that I attended for my one degree. Okay. So it's technically my alma mater is actually the University of Montana, where I actually finally graduated. So you split it. So you, where did you start going to college then? Ohio U. Ohio because U. Because they had an early admissions program for uh, exceptional hmm. high school hmm. juniors who are really tired of high school <laughs> and good at taking tests. Oh, that's that's. I wish I was there. Yeah, and uh, so my friend uh, Randy Washington and I got out of high school a year early and went down to OU completely unprepared for you know anything. Yeah. 
And uh, and then after a couple quarters there, I, I thought, eh, you know, I don't want to really major in, you know, pinball and pot anymore. Okay. And I'm going to go study music where my dad teaches music at Ohio State. And I went up there about the time my family was moving out to Montana in their continuing efforts to get away from me. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then after whatever, less than a year, I ended up, I went out to Montana and visited. We already talked about that. It's really cool. So what important. you're saying is you smoked weed and, uh, smoked a lot of weed in, uh, in Ohio at Ohio university, which was mostly known as a weed smoke. Right. Marijuana, mecca. a federally controlled, uh, scheduled substance that is illegal. But oh, no, I don't mean no. marijuana. When oh, I say okay. weed. No, no, oh, no, no. I mean old... like dandelions. Oh, yeah. All right. You know, of whatever. course. Yeah. Sorry, I just wanted to clarify. Yeah, um, no, no, no. There were no, yeah. nothing, no illegal activities. We can, we can scrub the record. It will be expunged. There's no problems here. The statute of limitations is... Uh... I think so. Yeah, that was... Let me see. Yeah, more than seven years mm-hmm. ago. So, yeah. So, when did you first start getting into the whole film business? The well, business of movies? Well, I... Uh, uh, after six or seven years bouncing around, uh, being living in New York, but actually living three quarters of the year, you know, in wherever I was doing a play in right. Buffalo or Albany or Boston, or um, then uh, I finally actually got uh, some work on Broadway, and I basically spent the first half of the '90s going from one Broadway show to another. Mm-hmm. And the fifth Broadway show I did was a Neil Simon play called "Laughter on the Twenty Third Floor," an underrated play. People like Neil um, Simon. They Neil like Simon's guy. a funny guy. He's a good. Um, and a great, great cast of actors, many of whom, you know, also did film and television. Nathan right. Lane, John Slattery, wow. Mark Lynn Baker, uh, Randy Graff, uh, uh, Lou Stadlin. Great, great, great cast. And I'm the people that I'm not mentioning are... They're just as great. They're just... Equally great. Okay. And as a matter of fact, when we did the national tour, my lovely and talented wife, Michelle Schumacher... Uh, uh, joined in the in the role originally created by Biddy Schram. So uh which is a major digression. Uh so it was during that run right. that I actually decided this is my fifth Broadway show. You know, they've all had significant runs. You do the same show eight times a week for mm-hmm. like six months, eight months, nine months. It's a long time. Year. It's like working at a factory. You know, it's, so you and get, this is like the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow for a theater actor. You're on Broadway, you're in a hit, you actually even get a little bit of a raise so you know, you're you're paying your rent and maybe putting a couple dollars in the bank every month. Right. And uh, but you know, as I talked to those guys who every once in a while would go out to their mailbox and get a residual check, I thought hmm. that's a really cool idea. Yeah. Not doing the same thing every day and getting paid for it after you're done doing it for a while. You know. So so I just told my agent, I'm I'm, I'm not going to audition for a play. I just want to do you know whatever any mm-hmm. film and TV I can do and and. Uh, you know, he was able to scrounge a couple of auditions, and I and uh, one of the first ones I stumbled into was a uh, a Law and Order. Uh, the first time Law and Order and Homicide did a crossover episode, <laughs> right. and I had I had auditioned a couple weeks before for a guest spot on Law and Order that they didn't hire me for. What year is this? You think ninety three, four, ninety three, right? Um, and. Uh, and like a couple of weeks later, Ed Sharon, who was at Law & Order at the time, uh, producer, uh, they were casting for the bad guy in the first crossover, Law & Order goes to Baltimore and meets the homicide life on the street guys. And uh, uh, they, you know, they cast me, I think, sight unseen. I, I, I think I didn't even audition for it. And they said, get on a train to Baltimore, you know. The day after tomorrow, was or that like just a tomorrow p- on recommendation from the? Because Ed had just director? they had just put me through a, a whole long audition process okay. for this guest star part that I didn't get. Oh, and I then, see. Yeah, and then you know, uh, 
and uh, and it was less than a year later that Oz came along. You know, Tom Fontana again, right. who was the creator of both Homicide and and Oz, and he was casting, and it was like this neo-Nazi right. you know, bastard. And <laughs> and when he was casting Oz, um, he thought of me for that part, and I initially sort of balked at it because. That's pretty I'd heavy gotten, deal. Yeah. yeah, and I'd gotten so much. I mean, after doing theater for twenty years and nobody giving a shit, right? I couldn't go anywhere, you know, without people stopping me on the street and talking about, you know, homicide and and my character, uh-huh. you know. Um, and so I was, you know, I was leery about being, you know, the the Nazi bastard for the rest of my life, and and uh, and I, I had this long talk with Tom, who was like, I think somewhat befuddled because. I'm from hunger, you know, I'm like, yeah, I mean, I should be getting down on my knees. Thank you. Oh my God. A TV job, you know, HBO. Um, and I was, but, uh, but I was also, you know, smart enough to be, uh, to be leery of it. And, and, um, and he assured me that, you know, the character was, he didn't even have scripts yet. He just sort of had, this is the concept of the show. And he'd written a few of, uh, the, uh, I was going to say Harold Hill, um, uh, Harold Perrineau's character who uh-huh. played Augustus Hill on the show, the guy in the wheelchair. Uh, he'd written a bunch of his monologues already, the sort of Greek chorus character that Harold played. And uh, so everybody was just reading those, and he was, you know, it was it was like a children's theater audition. Where, now read it like this. <laughs> now read it like this is how you feel, you know. And um, and so, yeah, so there I am basically kind of trying to talk my way out of the job. And, and Tom says, look, this character is not going to be just a two-dimensional, you know, yeah. Nazi bastard. He's going to be, you know, when we first meet him, he's going to be, we're going to think, oh, maybe he's going to be, a friend to our everyman, and mm-hmm. as it develops, you know, blah, blah. It turned out as it develops was like the first 20 minutes of episode one before <laughs> I was butt-fucking my cellmate. Ah, uh, yes. Tattooing his ass. But uh, but obviously it was a huge uh, uh, experience, a huge uh, step into, you know, being a, a recognizable on-camera actor and and great, great work with with like an unbelievable cast of, right, of yeah. New York actors and what's the same with like like uh Chris what's the Christopher Maloney right is that his name yeah. he, says, he I I first saw him in that movie Wet Hot American Summer that weirdo uh David Wayne summer camp movie right and he's like his character I've, I remember laughing so hard I was like standing up in the back of the couch because I was like I couldn't fucking believe how ridiculous this is when, when, when this fucking can is talking to him about it's so funny. It's so weird. And then, like, I kind of I would lost... be reminiscing about how funny that was if I'd seen the movie. Okay. Well, you got... It's, Sorry, it's great. You got to see it. It's okay. really funny. And, like, fast forward a number of years, and I see he's, like, this big-time dramatic actor, and I was like, I don't get it. Like, how... <laughs> wait, you can... You can't do that. Yeah. You can do... You can if you're lucky. Yeah. And Because that's what you've done, essentially. You like, do all this amazing comedy stuff, but you've also done, like, some of the most intensely horrifying terrifying drama that you can possibly do well and that you know that started out when i was doing theater too because especially after i moved to new york uh you know i was lucky enough to just stumble into the room with a few different casting directors Mm -hmm. you know who saw me in different ways you know so i would go out of town and do a you know musical comedy and then i would go out of town and do a you know a shakespeare comedy and Mm -hmm. then i would go out of town and do some new you know Sam Shepard drama or, you know, whatever. So, Man. so I, I, I had the opportunity to do a lot of different kinds of things and just, and just learn by doing and develop as an actor and, and, and believe in my own, uh, the possibilities of my own range, mm-hmm. you know? And then, uh, and then I was also, again, so blessed 
right when we, I think, had just finished the first season of Oz, which is my first really high-profile thing playing this, you know, psychopath Nazi. Then they offered me the job of the shrink on Law and Order. Okay. So I'm on network TV playing, you know, the psychiatrist, and I'm on cable playing the psycho, <laughs> and uh, you know, I'm the same bald white guy, but you know, obviously very different characters. Yeah. So that was really huge in in uh, in me being able to not be typecast, and that really helped me uh, avoid this sort of career where you're the Nazi of the week for the rest of your life. Yeah. You know, which. Uh, which Would I suck. was anxious to avoid. <laughs> have you ever had any uh, run-ins of people in public who have been like, who couldn't separate TV yeah. from reality and were like... Yeah, and you know, and fortunately, it was, it was almost always uh, people who thought Vern Schillinger, my character on Oz, who thought that what he was saying was really awesome. Oh, yeah. So it wasn't oh, like people coming happens. up and beating yeah. the crap out of me because no. they were on the other side. It was oh, like people man. coming up going, right on, man. White power. Holy shit. I dig what you're saying. And it's I would like, be like, okay. Is this like in line for the uh, the bathroom on an airplane or something? <laughs> no, maybe no, like it's that? not that trapped. No, it's just like walking down, you know, Ninth Avenue in New Jesus, York or something. You know? That's and I, scary as shit. I'd just be, okay. All right. Was it ever from someone who like, that's the last guy I'd ever expect to be saying? No, that? it was usually like crazy-eyed white guys. Okay. Crazy-eyed yeah. white guys with face tattoos? Uh, no, uh, mm, some of them. Well, of course, a lot of those guys were actually on the show. Oh, okay. The crazy white guys with face tattoos. Because that's the last job you can get, right? If you got in prison, you get those <laughs> tattoos. Like, well, I guess I can play one on TV now. Because <laughs> yeah. I sure as hell can't bag groceries. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not without like a ski mask or something. <laughs> That'd be great. Which is probably a little yeah. suspicious. Why does he have a ski mask on? He's got a lot of tattoos. <laughs> They're the, the yeah. You remember that war that happened about fifty? Yeah, it's yeah. about that. Yeah. He's on the other side. He's on the wrong side of history. <laughs> yeah. So, do you generally enjoy doing comedy or drama more? Johnny, I like to do. <laughs> that's such a that's such a fucking out of the shoebox question right there. Like uh, Terry Gross would be uh, embarrassed for me right now. Why Why did you ask him such a such I a simple it. question I, as I, what he prefers, <laughs> drama or comedy, Johnny? She did not ask me that question when she interviewed me. Oh. She was probably the second most awesome person to She's interview great. me ever. Um, the uh, the first being Johnny Pemberton, of course. Yeah. Um, do I like drama? You know what? Honestly, truly, uh, I'm not making this up. I just like to try and do good stuff. Right. And and if I've done you know three comedies in a row, I'm I'm more looking to do a drama. Right. And vice versa. But but honestly, I whether it's a TV pilot or a, or a you know commercial or a film or a, or a video game, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm just looking for good writing. Yeah, which is hard to find. It is hard to find, but it's out there. You know, so is there stuff? Have you ever done any, written any of your own stuff and had had it produced or you know? No, I don't. I, I'm, I'm the least self motivated person in the world. Being an itinerant, you know, gun for hire actor is is perfect for me. I mean, I, I you know, depending on the director I'm working with, a uh, lot of times that becomes then you you know you get yeah. a, like the Sam Raimi movies that I've done. You know, we we always had lots of opportunity to improv and. You know, a fair amount of what you see on the screen is stuff that, that we were just dicking around and, you know, came Man. up with. Um, is he the coolest guy? He is the coolest guy. Because, like, his movies are always, I, they're just, I don't know how he does it. Well, first of all, he's from Detroit. Okay. He's oh, there Michi- you go. Michigan guy. From which the I did D. not even know. And the first time I met him, this is ridiculous. It was it was right in that time, sort of maybe before Oz. I, I just started, or yeah, about the time, maybe the first season of Oz. And uh, 
I was just starting to get, you know, some decent auditions for right. little parts in movies and stuff. And I went in to audition to play the team trainer in the For Love of the Game, the baseball movie with Kevin Costner. And uh, Sam was the director. I, I, I didn't know anything about Sam. All I knew was the team was the Detroit Tigers, which was my team. And so I went, I had my Tiger's cap and my Tiger's jersey, like a nine-year-old moron. And I went to this audition for this two-line part. And Sam, you know, you know, we're, he's a few years younger than I, you know, we're both, you know, we're, we're from the same sort of, you know, time pool. Yeah. Thing. Time place. Time thing. And, um, uh, we just started talking about baseball and mm-hmm. I had, uh, uh I had had a chance to read the whole script, so uh, he was asking my opinion, you know, mm-hmm. which is the kind of guy he is. He would ask the opinion of somebody who's coming into audition for a two-line part. Wow. And um, and I was giving it, it uncharacteristically, you know, sort of bold at the time. And, uh, and you know, I had some, some issues with some of the – and I know baseball, mm-hmm. so um, – so we were having this great talk about baseball and what makes sense in the in the screenplay and what you know might be kind of pushing it and and uh, we chatted for a while and it was the first time I'd been in an audition like that with a you know big time director where I just felt like a human being having a conversation with another human being you know and uh, and he said would you mind taking a look at this other thing and Whoa. go out in the hall and I said sure nice and uh, I was like forty years old at the time and and. Uh, you know, in really good shape and stuff. And, and the the part was for the manager who uh, the concept at that time was he was like a 65-year-old, white-haired, Sparky Anderson kind of. Classic baseball kind of, yeah, manager. baseball manager in a movie. Yeah. And, uh, and I, you know, I went in and read it and he went out on a limb and cast me as the manager of the Detroit Tigers, my hometown team, you know. Oh, man. And, you know, a month later I'm shooting in Yankee Stadium wearing – the old English D on my chest. It was just unbelievable. So you you don't you definitely are not uh, paying for drinks in Detroit, or no 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 <laughs> no. Although I, I hardly ever get back there anymore. But I, I I don't have any family back there anymore. Any friends that I'm even in touch with. But my brother and I go back. Uh, you know, used to go back every year. We still go back once in a while and you know catch a couple ball games and, and just just load up on free stuff. <laughs> yeah, go to Carl's Chop House, just which doesn't place. exist anymore. It's it, you know. Go around with some head, some signed headshots, and see how much you can eat for free. Yeah, it's gotta be. Yeah, cool. it's worth the plane ticket out yeah. there just for like the free food. And I think mean, you, you bring the plane ticket around. Like, who will someone sign up? Will someone? Uh, I'll trade you this or co-sign yeah. on this or something. An autographed yeah. photo of. Uh, for exactly six hundred and forty-two dollars, I will <laughs> sign this for you. Yeah. Let's take a quick break, and then we'll return with a conclusion. It sounds like you're having a really great time listening to Twisting the Wind. Oh, yeah, I freaking love it. <laughs> well, in that case, we'd love it if you would donate some of your treasure to us. Okay. No blood, just treasure, okay? Like, like some money. Yeah, that would be just great. That's going to allow us to keep making this show. Oh, yeah, I got when that. When I say us, I mean me and us and all of us together here, okay? Okay, 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 okay. <sighs> And we're back here still with J.K. Simmons. Phew, that was uh, invigorating. Yeah, what did you think about that, huh? Wasn't that a crazy? Dip in the hot tub and everything. I know. The- you wouldn't think they could fit it in here, but I guess they just, it was during remodeling, so they just, they craned it in, and next thing you know. Right, and then when they put the roof back on, it was yeah. Like, yeah. It's like, uh, you know those restaurants called, you know, Fazoli's Restaurant? I do not. Oh, it's this uh, Italian, Italian chain in the Midwest, and they have free breadsticks. And uh, Free breadsticks? Yeah. Damn. 
they have uh, they have a, a panel on the side of the restaurants now, so they can remove people who eat them eat their way in. Who they come in, <laughs> eat too much, ah, can't get yeah, out. Just gotta, yeah, can't get out. Have you ever been? Have you ever been super fat or never? You've always been. A, you know what? A when I was guy. doing the movie uh, in the coldest city on the planet, Winnipeg, I was uh, seventy. Pounds heavier than I am now. Seventy was that yeah. for the part? I had well, partly. I had I had gotten. I've been up and down, you know, a couple times in my life. But you're uh, a pretty trim guy. Well, thank you. John. You're you more know, shit better I, than I, I am. Out. You could definitely punch through this wall with my head if you. <laughs> oh yeah, to. no, yeah. absolutely, because your head is pretty hard. It's pretty hard, and it's uh, easy to remove. I'm sure with those muscles. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I I I had sort of gotten the first year of Oz was the first time that I was. I was kind of, you know, just had kind of let myself go, and I was a little fat and sloppy. And then I was watching Oz going, really? This right. fucking doughboy is the head of the Aryan Brotherhood? So that was my first impetus to, you know, get my ass back into shape. I mean, I was only like 40. But it was you. It wasn't anyone like, J.K., we think you would look No, it was me and, and then, and you know, me and, you know, my wife who was right. like, it would be even more fun sleeping with you if you weren't a fat <laughs> piece of shit, you know? Right. Um and actually, that coincided with her getting pregnant for the first time. So she's wow, this so like little hottie dancer, Broadway chick, and and I was this you know fat dude, twelve years older than her, and all of a sudden I was becoming Mister Buff, and she was you know growing a watermelon. So she took all your weight and made it into yeah, a baby. Yeah, it was kind of a thing. Yeah, um, and then so you know blah blah blah. So I I stayed in pretty good shape, and then and then we moved out to L.A. and I started getting fat and lazy again, and. Uh, so it was during that time and during the writer's strike and everything when they asked me to play this part and mm-hmm. the director asked me to put on weight. And I said, no, I'm not going to put on weight because that's dumb and I'm right. 40, whatever, 50 probably. Yeah, it's kind of dangerous. Uh, actually, yeah, actually yeah. dangerous. Yeah. yeah. So uh, so I said no, like a smart person. Okay. And then two days later, I, like a stupid person, was thinking, well, you know, writer's strike, holidays are coming up. Might, as well, uh, might be a good excuse. To, uh... I'll go to Fat Burger and Mrs. Fields, you know, <laughs> every day. And uh, and that's literally what I did. I didn't have, there was no medical soup. I just ate like a pig yeah. and sat on my fat ass. That's all I and want. I, and I weighed, I, I my goal was to weigh 250 pounds. Did you hit it? And one night, like after eating at night in a hotel in Winnipeg. Oh. I stepped on a scale and weighed exactly 250 pounds. I can just see that scene. It is sad. Like and, the bad hotel light. Oh, dude. The oh. fucking wind and whistling no bad outside. hotel like Winnipeg bad hotel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can just smell uh, it. It was, it was, uh, it was It's yeah. terrifying. And I was, and I was you know, uh, fat. Man. And, and uncomfortable <laughs> and like moving was not, and like jiggly and. Like, like Sean Penn smoking a cigarette in a bathrobe. Fat. <laughs> I always think about it. This image was in some magazine from like 15 years ago of a fat Sean Penn smoking a cigarette in a bathrobe. I think it was during... Like Sean actually fat or... Like he looked like... I don't know. Or somebody I guess, doctored a photo because, you know, Sean is not the paparazzi's favorite person. Yeah, I think he was actually kind of fat. He was definitely doughy. This guy was a dough. He was a dough boy. Yeah. You know he could kick your ass. I know he would love to kick my ass. He would really love to kick your ass. He would kick my uh, ass with his voice. He would just like <laughs> say like, "You little punk, it's so could you bow on that papa?" I'm, ah, and would, he would fall would, down and yeah, bleed because he just speaks in weird nonsense words that sound kind of like he's from New York, but really he's not. Yeah, yeah. Well, like Marlon Brando. It's that yeah, actor Marlon thing. Marlon Brando. It's that like cool actor thing. Yeah. What is that? It's a he's weird. He's from voice. Nebraska, by the way. Marlon Brando. Brando. Yeah. 
Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. No, he's not, is he? Yeah, he's from Nebraska. He's? Yeah, I'm not lying. Nebraska. I don't know Jesus why I actually happen to know that, because I know less about film than anybody in the universe. But, you do? Yeah. How, how, why do you think you know so little about film? But you, well, because I didn't... I, I you don't know. You don't mind you know. if I clean my teeth on the mic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, we got a rat in here. <laughs> pet peeve. That's on my list of pet peeves. Rats? Movie pet peeves. No, oh. the sound effects, they always... You cannot show a rat on film oh, or TV squeaking. without a little fake noise that no rat in the fucking universe has ever made. Yeah, if they do, it's really sweet sounding. It's like, oh, the, you yeah. are, you're not so bad, are you? <laughs> yeah. You're really smart. Yeah. It's like that, and, and, and when the car pulls out at four miles an hour, screech! Screech, you know, yeah. yeah. One of my post-production sound pet peeves. How that, did we, uh, what were we distracted from by my I don't know, rats peeve? being fat. Being fat, yeah. So yeah. I was big and fat. I was big and fat. And, uh, uh, and unhealthy and uh and and then of course we were shooting a movie mm-hmm. in Al- or, uh, manitoba in mm-hmm. the middle of fucking winter so we were all wearing 75 layers of down anyway so, so it didn't, didn't matter, matter how fat you were and i had a full beard <laughs> which was like half red getting to be you know probably so you could have had a fat suit on i could have had, had a fucking fat suit and a fake beard on and and no still been kissing my wife when i was at home but she was like are you kidding me man fat santa with the beard and the grossness you want to yeah. jeez so how long did it take you to lose that weight well, a long, long time because I tried losing it in a lot of stupid ways, like starving myself and fasting and cleansing right. and this Ooh, and that, cleansing. which worked great. You know, you drop twenty pounds in a month and then, but you it's know, all and then not go real. back to fat burger and you know. yeah. So, um, so you know, it was off and on for a few years. It was really two years ago that I finally just decided to, I guess, listen to my wife, mm-hmm. not be a moron, eat less, move more. You know, and, it's so and funny how that's what it is. It's just, yeah. um, well, how do you lose weight? Well, you eat less of food and you do more moving. Yeah. And then and and you pick of, up some heavy stuff and yeah. you and you run and you, uh, yep. and when you eat, you eat, a little, you know, a little smarter. You eat half. Yeah. <laughs> less and, you know, not chocolate chip cookies. I want very badly to have an excuse to gain weight at some point because I just like. That's just, well, here's my thing. Do it now. Do it when you're like, like Robert De Niro raging bull when he was okay. whatever, 30. Yeah. Because then, you know, then? well, I don't know, 20, don't know whatever the hell he was. Yeah. But he wasn't 50. Yeah. You know. He's not heart attack. Putting on age. 40 pounds when you're 50 years old. Is, it may smart. be the point of no return. Well, I, yeah. And I really That's thought tough. it was for a long time. But but it turns out if you eat less and move, move more, more, you will lose weight. You can lose weight. I uh, gained like a small amount of weight but when I was in New Orleans shooting 21 Jump Street. Which was just like I think something about New Orleans. The air just has like a, a natural uh, New Orleans amount is a of butter eating kind air. of town, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't you can't not gain weight, and it's something where when I got back to town, I had a fitting for something. I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm a size thirty two pants. <laughs> no, I was not. Yeah, I was I, like, actually, the last thing I did in New Orleans. No, not the last thing, but a thing I did in New Orleans a few years ago was I, I was still had most of that fat Manitoba weight. Right, and uh, that's a great thing. To and call. I did a movie in in uh, New Orleans. Uh, where I, where the world got to see my fatness in a in a wife beater t shirt at the end of a movie called the, <laughs> well, <laughs> when I went to the theater and watched it with a friend of mine he was like I don't remember if he actually leaned over to me I, th- I think he had the decency to wait until after the movie but it was towards the end of the movie where my character comes like walking into frame you know and I'm in my boxers and my guinea tee you know looking bewildered having been awakened in the middle of the night and uh, and he said dude. Your man boobs came into the frame like three seconds before the rest of you. It was awesome. <laughs> the, yeah. the focus. Because all my friends talk like, you know, Keanu Reeves in a surfer movie. Do you have any uh, weirdo, weirdo friends who are like that? Who are like, 
who are like weirdo surfer dudes uh outside of scott con no okay not really scott con uh james con's yeah, yes. Is that James Conn's son? And, and he is a surfer. Not a weirdo or a dude, actually. Right. But he's, he's the only like surfer friend that I could think of. There's the a lot of people who are surfers who I met who are like, oh, you're a surfer? But wait, you can't. Yeah, a lot of times it's kind of how a... Do you, uh, how do you do that? Yeah. You look so like, you're like kind of normal. And yeah. Well, with Scott, it makes sense because he's, you know, like yeah. buff, blonde, California right. kind of dude, you know. But uh, yeah, a lot of my other friends who surf, it's like... Really? You're like a, a bald Chinese guy, you know, <laughs> who doesn't look like he's in very good shape. He surfs. Yeah. So do you uh, do you miss doing Broadway stuff? Or do you feel like... Yeah, you know, a little bit sometimes, but mostly it just feels like like it was, uh, you know... It's a chapter that's over? Yeah. Like like the the music, the Brahms chapter, you know, the right. uh, Leonard Bernstein chapter. Yeah, it, it, it was a great time, you know, and it was at Broadway at the time, you know... Yeah, sound like such an old fart, you know. I mean, I felt like my wife and I kind of got out of Broadway at the time when it was really big. Oh, sorry, I gotta, I gotta That's take beautiful. this. Did Ohio State just score? He's <laughs> <laughs> um, got push notifications for all. Oh, they got a safety. No, they are. If by the way, the only. Well, sorry, one of two undefeated teams really? in major college football. Who's but the other one? Ineligible for the postseason because some of their guys got free tattoos. Let's not even get started wait, wait, wait. on that. What anyway, does that even mean? Free, yeah, just free you tattoos? don't want to know. You don't want to know. I went to Florida State where half the starting lineup were were criminals. Yeah, when I was taking steroids there. and yeah. had houses that the the boosters had bought for them. Yeah, and had like you yeah, know but, getting free like hundreds of dollars of free clothes yeah, and stuff. So yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's part of being a college athlete now is being a criminal. <laughs> hey, BCS, kiss my ass, <laughs> suck my duck. <laughs> Pack ten. Pac-10. They're the worst. Well, Pac-12. I just like, I don't know what I'm saying right now. I have no idea. I'm no, just I know. Like and I know you don't. And that's yeah. why I find talking with yeah. this, you about sports is You worse. know, because Lavernius Coles, he's not going to be able to come up once Sebastian Janikowski is kicking yeah. 70-yarders. Wow. You got Peter awesome. Warwick. Two, well, three names of actual, actual people guys, who at yeah. one point were athletes in the have public a, eye. I have a close friend who is really into fantasy sports and... Uh, are you into fantasy sports a lot? No, no. Oh. I'm, that's one of the many ways in which I'm a curmudgeon. Thank God. An old no, I don't think it's curmudgeon. I think it's like, sort of... I like to watch baseball and care who right. wins the game. But some of that fantasy stuff, it, it gets to the point where I've heard, I've heard almost hour-long conversations, uh, one side of an hour-long conversation, where it is just screaming about like, that's fucking bullshit. What do you mean? Who said Joe May can trade that guy? Oh. Was he doesn't... It's like, coach. Coach is on the phone right now. Yeah, yeah. Coach is pissed. It gets... Yeah. Because, yeah. So I, I picked up a couple names along the way. Nice. Yeah. Nice to um, Do you have any... Uh, try to finish this off here. I'm trying to think of a... Let's wrap it up, Johnny. Let's wrap it up. Do you have any uh, crazy stories from back in the Broadway touring days? Because there must be some crazy shit that happened when you're all over the country. You know what? Really, by the time I was doing Broadway, you know, I was almost grown up enough not to be doing really crazy stuff. Really? You know? Yeah. I mean, I was... I was. Didn't wake up in the hospital with like a catheter? No, I did do that once, <laughs> but it was actually more recently and it was for just purely medical reasons. Okay. Um, which, let's talk about that. Let's talk about my kidney stones for 20 minutes, Johnny. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because that was a fascinating... Stones. No. Uh, Painful experience. I have, no, I, nothing is jumping to mind about my God. wacky Broadway days. So it was, it was a good time. I was, you know, I was living on the Upper West Side and, uh, you know, riding my bike to the theater and mm -hmm. doing my show and, uh, you know, hanging out with my friends and playing poker and, uh, you know, dating women and uh, met my wife during my Broadway days and... Uh, 
Were you in the same production together? We were in a revival of Peter Pan. Peter Pan, and you were uh, I Peter? was Captain Hook. Oh, Captain Hook, sorry. And she was Tiger Lily. Tiger Lily? Yeah. Wait, Tiger Lily is one of the little... Uh... She's the Indian princess okay. who was Captain Hook's sworn enemy. Who was uh, Peter Pan? Peter Pan was Kathy Rigby. It's always a lady. Man. You asked, actually, a friend of mine, an actor friend of mine in, uh, in New York, uh, Conan McCarty, was one of the few. Uh, he did a, a at the Actors Theater in Louisville a production of Peter Pan where he played Peter Pan. That always gets me, an man. An actual male person. Thank God for him. Right? God bless him. And he's a fine <laughs> actor as well. All right, J.K. Simmons, we can uh, find you on Twitter, right? Oh, sure, uh, yeah. Just tweet me at, I don't know, yourass.com. Uh, at dot net slash butt. And, and make uh, sure and friend me on Fuckbook and Facebook and Faceplace. Uh, a nice town and a wish buddy and uh, all those things. Yeah. Uh, is there anything that we can see? <laughs> I can't wait. I'm just about to ask you that question, but I know because the show we did together, we now know is not going to be on until May. Yeah. Yeah. So we got a little bit of time. Do you have anything uh, you're going to be doing in this uh, nice long hiatus that you're? Um. No. No, 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 no. Films. Yeah, no, I got, yeah. Um, no, I just did research today on a, on a thing oh, that's cool. going to be out next month, I guess. No, uh, February called Dark Skies. Dark Skies. I got, I got a, Johnny, I got a bunch of movies I in the can, man. I'm always making movies. Barefoot, that's in the can. Uh, Jobs, that's in the can. Jobs? Is that about Steve? Steve Jobs. You with play Ashton Steve Jobs? Kutcher. Oh. Who plays Steve Jobs, who looks frighteningly like him, Damn. actually, which had never occurred to me before. What are you, um, are you uh, Wozniak in the movie? I play, you? no, I play the, some rich white dude. Um, uh, what else? Jason Reitman's new movie, Labor Day. I, oh. I, I always have to have a tiny part in the Yeah, he loves you, I'm right? I like his good luck charm. Well, he That's, loves me enough to give me like two scenes. What's well, great, though. His stuff is always, <laughs> it's, it, he's, he does a good job. He's, the, he's a fine young filmmaker. He's I think, a good I think job. he's going to have a future, that I guy. I think he's got it. Yeah. 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 Cool. Well, thanks for being here. Thanks for uh, getting drunk with me here on a nice Sunday afternoon. It was awesome, man. Thank you. Bye, JK. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Look, um, Mr. Capford, it's been great talking to you, but I, I really have to go now. I'm getting really hungry. I need to get a snack. I'm going to call you back. No problem. Send me, send me your email so that uh, I can start the process of your claims because you don't have much time, like I told you before. Sounds great. I just got to say thank you. I feel really good being one of the 20 lucky winners, and I really can't wait to get my $4 million and to do good with it. To do, it's going to be great. Congratulations. Thank you. Once again, from all the members and staff of our company. Meanwhile, like I told you, you have to follow instructions so that Great. your ATM can be delivered to you without any delay. Okay, I totally will. And I also, when I call back, I would love to talk to some other employees just to say hello. Is that okay? Yes, get back to me. I just love talking to people. I love talking. Okay. Um, you're, a big, you're a big dude. All right. Say, I'll see you later. Bye. No problem. Bye-bye. 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 Sure. See ya. Ciao. See ya. Gastro. Sure. Bla. Bye. No. Bye. Bro. Mm -hmm. Bye. Okay. Zach. Okay. Me. All right. Okay. Give me work to your Bye -bye. people. Bye. Bye. Bye.
branch of the United States government, it is the mission of the National Security Agency to assess and flag citizens of the country who may present a threat to its security. The NSA has clearance to wiretap by any means necessary. Tapped. Incidental recordings of private conversations from the files of the NSA. Now on feralaudio.com.